Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today I want to talk about scent, smell, and suicide. I know that it's it's such a crazy trinity of, of words and ideas, uh, scent and smell being closely related, and then suicide. How, how do we even get here? It started because I was in Vegas this past week doing shows at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, shout out to my boy Greer Barnes, Nora Garden Schwartz, Lynn Coplitz, who was it? Coco Cohen, and uh, I'm missing Michael Yo. My boy Michael Yo was there. We did 14 shows at the uh, at the Rio Hotel. If this is your first time listening in, I also do stand up comedy. So this past week, I was there and I. When I travel, I always bring books with me. And this time I brought with me The Sorrows of Young Werther by Johann Wolfgang von Goh. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And then I brought um, a book by Oscar Wilde. I I forget the name of it. Um, But in this book, The Sorrows of Young Werther, and if you haven't read it, prepare yourself because um, it's, from beginning to end, it's clear that this guy is going to end his life uh, over unrequited love. And it's it's said that this book, The Sorrows of Young Werther, was responsible for uh, multiple suicides at the time it was published. I think it was in England or France or somewhere up there. And people just started mimicking the suicide of Young Werther. Over, people dressed like him and and, and ended their lives. But most people just dressed like him. Most people did not dress like him and end their life, but a lot of people, he, he really created um, a sensation of, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, people dressing uh, like a, a current trending person for Halloween, except in this case, uh, not only did they dress like him, but they uh, went through as the character did at the end. But in the beginning of this book, page 13, um, there's a quote here that I had to highlight. And the quote is, the smell of a pancake is a more powerful reason for remaining in this world than all young Werther's supposedly lofty conclusions are for quitting it, end quote. So young Werther has all these different reasons of why he's going to end his life and wants to end his life and shouldn't be here. And, you know, and the, the author or whoever's writing this introduction is like the smell of a pancake is a more powerful reason for remaining in this world. And it made me laugh. I highlighted it and then I wrote LOL. And then it made me think about the smell of pancakes and how amazing that is and how beautiful it is. And I was like, can the smell of something you know, be that powerful to keep us here. And when you ask a question, you want to know if that's, if it's true, then you can also ask yourself the question if the opposite is true. Can, can a smell, if a smell can keep us here, right? If, if there's a scent, a smell that can give us a reason to live, right? For me, pancakes, bacon, eggs, I, I, I love that smell. I love the sound um, it, it just makes me feel like, oh, someone is thinking of me, taking care of me, 
there's a feeling of nurturance uh, as I think about it and, and calm and peace. And it, and it lets me know that we're starting the day off on a good foot, right? Because I'm sure some of us has had days where we're like, okay, what's the temperature of the house here? Is, is, is dad in the mood or are we good, you know? Uh, for some of you, it was like, is mom in the mood or is my sibling in the, you know, whoever it is um, that you that you felt like you had to walk on eggshells around at times. And so the, the smell of pancakes, the smell of breakfast, it was like, oh, OK, all right. Things are things are cool. You know, I can I can emerge uh, and, and rise like the phoenix uh, from the bedroom. Um, but so is the opposite true is a great question, right? Is there a smell that would um, uh, lead us into one, wanting to end our life? And I discovered that there is a um, there's a condition called the olfactory reference syndrome, and it is characterized by and this is coming from PubMed Central. It is characterized by a preoccupation with the belief that one emits an offensive odor, albeit not perceived by others. The present case is, is that of a 75-year-old African-American woman with an unclear past psychiatric history who was brought into the emergency room after a suicide attempt. The patient reported a three-year history of a rotten smell from her vagina. She adamantly believes that she smells despite being told otherwise by people. The patient uh, tried a number of feminine products to get rid of the smell, uh, showered, uh, consistently multiple visits to specialists but in her head her symptoms persisted um and it and her symptoms also involved a significant depressed mood and deterioration in her social functioning interpersonal relationships and self-care so for this woman it, it was so uh true and so salient for her that the smell emanating from her vagina that you know, it it thwarted her social functioning, her interpersonal relationships, and her self care. Where you know, showering is is good, but I I get the sense that she was showering more than twice a day, which can be too much. That can actually dry out your skin, um, depending on type type of hair that you have. They say here she was African American woman that can destroy your hair. Uh, and so she and and then going back to this article. She was constantly in the shower and had stopped leaving her apartment due to worries that people might smell her vagina. The culmination of her distress was the suicidal attempt for which she was brought to the hospital. She was admitted, and so here's the treatment for her. She was admitted to the inpatient psychiatric unit and started on pimozide and fluvoxamine. The patient made remarkable progress within a few days on admission and in the course of her hospitalization. Follow, uh, follow up uh, in our outpatient clinic shows that the patient remains completely asymptomatic with significant progress in her social functioning. So when we talk about scent, smell, and suicide, we're talking about real-world consequences. This woman who was 75 years old uh, tried to end her life and uh, you know they're linking it to olfactory reference syndrome or ORS, right? So let's explore why, you know, because I, I have to go down a rabbit hole on this. 
why the smell? I was like, can, is the smell of a pancake like? Do we all vibe with this? Do we now? I know I have listeners from all over the world, and some of you didn't grow up with pancakes, but but I'm I'm assuming that a lot of us grew up with a certain smell that emanated from the kitchen. Hopefully, that you associate with very positive feelings, and that's one of the things when we talk about why the scent of a pancake is more powerful than a reason for ending our lives is because of the the, the association with positive experiences, that idea that um, we're going to eat pancakes, we can eat as much as we want, the drizzling of the syrup, the, the lathering of the butter, the, um, the, the conversation, right? Because not only is it about the food, it's about the community where the whole family is probably sitting down, you're going back for seconds. Um, there's just this kind of a lighthearted... I was watching a movie... The other day, I forget. Oh no, it was uh, Modern Love on Amazon Prime. Uh, I think it's in the second season. And there's an episode where it's Sunday morning. Either you see, either Saturday or Sunday morning. And they go, "We make pancakes on Saturday morning." And I was like, "Wow, that's how wonderful pancakes are." That there's a special morning. It's almost like Taco Tuesday, right? Pancakes like Saturday is so dope that we're gonna have pancakes for breakfast. We don't we don't usually have pan it's almost like the pizza of breakfast, right? Like you have the pizza Saturday night, but you know, pancakes are like the are like a morning pizza. Um I, I but we all not we all, but so many of us love it and have a positive association with it, right? And and it's fun to cook and easy to cook. And and that are the aromas of, of making pancakes and you probably have some bacon or whatever um, other dishes or, or, or meal sausages that go with it, that it just fills up the house. And it takes you, what's beautiful about that aroma, it takes you out of your head. It takes you out of your mind. It, it, it kind of, you know, those old cartoons where um, somebody be cooking something and you would see the, the the trail of the scent, and then the person getting carried away by the scent or by the aroma. That's exactly how it feels. You're like, wow, where is that coming from? It's it's a reason why so many, uh, if you're walking by a bakery or a pop or a, even a movie theater, that they're pumping the the scent, the aroma of popcorn, of all that buttery popcorn. And they're they're pumping the scent of, you know, their their muffins and cakes and cookies and and scones. I don't know if scones really have a <laughs> have a scent, but you know they know because it's alluring, it's enticing. You you go, where is that coming from? <gasps> it smells like my mama's cooking, you know, or her her baking. Maybe your father baked, whoever. It, it, but you know, it just there's something nostalgic about it, and there's a. There's a sensory pleasure that we get from pancakes. The way it, because it's it's hot, right? But it's not hot to where it burns your mouth. It's kind of like this, uh, it's more than warm, less than hot. It's the perfect temperature. And, you know, you get to chew it, but it kind of melts in your mouth, right? And it, you go, mm, like as soon as you take that first bite and you cut into it, you're like, mm, that is so good. And so 
you know, when we're triggering those positive emotions, it enhances our overall sensory experience of enjoying the food. There's also a cultural significance, right? The smell of pancakes may be associated with traditions, celebrations, shared meals, contributing to more of a positive perception of it. So just even imagining times where maybe you made pancakes. I think for a a lot of kids, making pancakes in the morning was one of the first things you got to do. It may have been eggs for some of you or toast. I would imagine just putting toast in a toaster. You know, that was your your entryway into doing anything in the kitchen, you know, where your parents trusted you. It doesn't require fire or turning the stove on or anything like that. You just put it in and, and press the the um, the lever down. But there's a there's a cultural significance in that. So many of your friends, so many people that you may know also enjoy pancakes. So it becomes this thing that we can talk about. And, and then it's like, who has the best pancakes? I mean, when I think about traveling on a road, you know, I went from L.A. to Boston and back one summer. The number of IHOPs, Denny's, Cracker Barrels, breakfast places, like there was nothing that made you feel more welcome than seeing a 24-hour breakfast place. You're like, oh, you know, any 24-hour breakfast place anywhere in the country, you're going to love. You will not be disappointed. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever been, like, I've been to steakhouses and been disappointed. I've been to sushi places, been disappointed. I, I don't know that I've ever been to a pancake house or anywhere that serves breakfast food and it was like, ah, that was all right. It's usually like that hit the spot. I think that's the beautiful thing about breakfast also is that you, you, you at the end of the day, you know it's going to be satisfactory. Even if you burn the pancakes, right? You, even if you overcook them, under, like it's, you're just like, they're pancakes. I get that syrup on there. I'm ready to party. And there's also like... Um, you know, like I said, the, the the social connection and just the simple pleasure of it all. Now, why is scent, smell so significant to us? I just recently started wearing cologne again. I was in France and I was on a cruise ship and we got to stop in France. And there was this um, kiosk, this guy was selling some colognes that had really no label on there, but I, I love the scent, and Michelle loves it too. I put it on. She's like, mm, you smell good. I'm like, oh, yeah. So, you know, now I'm wearing it every day. Not now that I got the girlfriend approval, every day. Um, and what I love is when I'm traveling or feel a bit anxious, I find myself just smelling my wrist or, you know, some part of me that has the scent, and I feel an immediate reduction in my stress. I feel calmer, more tranquil. It brings me a bit, uh, I feel a bit more relaxed, and that's all just from, you know, putting it up to my nose and smelling it, right? So there are these positive emotions, these stress reduction benefits that come from 
certain smells that we have. Um, I know that in uh, in some research, they've shown that smell can actually uh, impact our perception of time, right? There was a study done where 20 separate participants were exposed to a baby powder aroma, a coffee aroma, and no aroma at all. While the coffee aroma produced a reduced perception of time, the baby powder aroma produced a longer perception of time. Likewise, pleasurable fragrance, fragrance, fragrances. <laughs> wow, I, I, that, that word, I, I, I didn't realize that that's a word I stumble over. Uh, pleasurable fragrances have been shown to create dwell time in stores, increasing the likelihood of customers making purchases. So when we smell something pleasurable, right, when you've been in a store or in a hotel, it increases our likelihood that we're going to hang out a bit more. We're going to stay around. It, I mean, it's, I, I guess it's why so many people like candles are such a big thing because it, it makes you want to get cozy, settle in, relax, and, and dwell, as it says, you know. So just be aware, like, if you're, if you're trying to increase your perception of time, smell a little baby powder, right? Um, it, because, you know, our, whatever we're smelling, whether it's coffee or baby powder, they can impact our sense of time. I know some people keep coffee beans on their desk and they smell it from time to time, um, but not that it, it increases productivity. But that brings me to my next point about smell. It can have an impact on our, uh, our productivity, right? Some smells have been found to increase alertness, which in turn results in higher productivity rates, getting stuff done. One study found that when lemon oil was diffused throughout a Japanese office building, productivity among data entry operators increased by 54%. 54%. That, wow, lemon oil, right? And so scents can also be used to ward off that mid-afternoon brain fog by revving up your concentration skills. Now, I don't want to paint scent and smell as this panacea or, um, you know, the only thing that you need. If you're trying to beat that midday slump, nothing trumps getting a good night's rest the night before, Right. And also um, going high protein, low fat, low carb, or medium fat, low carb, right? So being aware of are you hitting that midday slump because you didn't get enough sleep the night before or because you're experiencing some type of carb crash or caffeine crash in the middle of the day, right? That, that morning coffee is wearing off or the cookies, cakes, and donuts from, you know, the pancakes. <laughs> you know, that's the downside of having pancakes for breakfast is that you're going to get that insulin spike and then you're going to get that crash um, in the middle of the day. So, I, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I can't remember the last time, honestly, that I've had pancakes. But once again, this is uh, in reference to the sorrows of young weather and also just tying into my nostalgic uh, memory of pancakes. I haven't lost that love for pancakes, right? And we can also use scent to um, build a connection to identity and self. 
Nostalgic smells are often tied to personal experiences and identity. Inhaling scents can create a sense of continuity, connecting us to our past, our personal history, and our sense of self. So I know some people, they will keep the perfume or cologne from their parents. I know for myself, when I went to college, I used to wear Obsession cologne because my father wore Obsession cologne, and my mom loved the Obsession cologne on my father. So, But what I've discovered is Obsession on a 18-year-old does not smell good. Uh, I, I sweat. I was sweating way too much to do that cologne any justice. I don't even. I don't think kids before twenty five should wear colognes. Make you know, take a shower, use soap. But but we're, our bodies are going through so many hormonal changes. It it can really impact because that's the other thing that you know a scent can smell one way on one person and another way on someone else. And then you know the scent on you can change. From the time of the month, depending on what you've eaten, depending on your, uh, you know, hormonal fluctuations. Uh, so there's so many things that factor into how you perceive uh, the scent or smell, right? Now, the other upside of scent and smell is that it can boost our creativity and our memory. It can help us to stimulate recall, um, enhance our cognitive functions, and activate specific regions of the brain associated with both of those processes. And that, that's going to be a little different for, you know, from person to person, right? So it's really about finding that scent, that smell that you're like, wow, that really calms me. That really puts me into a mood. Um, it's, it's almost like music, right? Sometimes uh, like classical music, really stimulates my creativity and sometimes I don't need any music any music like any sound is going to bother me but sometimes um you know playing a uh you know like a gangster rap song that can stimulate creativity so it's not a one size fits all so you know if a lemon oil worked for you today it may not work for you tomorrow because you're a different person that that's how much we change in 24 hours and how our moods and our tastes and and our body can change, right? We have cells constantly dying and multiplying and 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 uh, regenerating, um, you know, from moment to moment. And then also, you know, when we have that shared nostalgic smell of uh, like pancakes, it triggers social connection, right? Because it then becomes you start thinking about family recipes or cultural traditions. Um, it can it can help to bring us together. So even just talking about how something smells, right? You don't have to actually have um, the scent, but just talking about it with someone else um, can can help to build more social connection. If you met a stranger on the street and be like, and, and just said, "Man, did you grow up with the smell of pancakes in your house or the smell of bacon?" And they're like, oh, man, I used to love that. Yeah, my mom would cook that. Now you're off and running into a conversation. So there's so many different ways that we can use this, this sense uh, 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 as a way of either grounding ourselves and calming ourselves or in connecting with other people, right? And then lastly, you know, we've mentioned this before, 
the positive impact on our mental health, right? We know that um, nursing homes are starting to to tinker with or employ, I think is a better word, um, different scents and smells into nursing homes. Because I, you know, I remember when I used to go to a nursing home, my uncle, he had diabetes and you know he really wasn't taking care of himself. So we had to put him in a nursing home. And I, I, to this day, I remember the the smell of just um, of, uh, body odor and fecal matter and urine. Like it, it was just all the things. And, and the place looked clean, but it, you know, just it was in the walls and it was in everything. Um, and so I, I, I remember as a kid not wanting to visit him because of the smell, right? So we know that um, scents and smells can have an impact on our mental health, how we feel, as evidenced by the, you know, the story that I read earlier about or the study that I read earlier about olfactory reference uh, syndrome with the African-American woman who's 75, right? So think about the smells and scents around you, the, the ones that, you know, when you smell it, you feel expansive, you feel um, connected, and then figure out different ways you can get that, whether it's through cologne or a candle, um, through food. Like, what are those smells? What are those nostalgic smells? What are those smells from your childhood? And how can you recreate that in a way that serves you, that, that allows you to connect with yourself, connect with others, and connect with the world around you? Thank you for taking this time. Uh, for connecting with myself and thank you for you know checking out another episode this is this is really beautiful we've been doing this for almost uh, I think I started this in 2019 and uh, and we're still going strong may, maybe even sooner than that but um but I appreciate you tuning in and I ask one favor take seven seconds and share the episode with one other person Right. And that way you can talk about pancakes or, you know, scents and smells from your childhood. And or maybe if you're like me, like, you know, I struggled with uh, body odor as a kid. And I remember, um, you know, taking an extra shirt with me to school because I would sweat so much um, after recess that I would change my shirt. Um, so I wasn't or I would I remember in high school, I would um, after recess run into the, the bathroom and like wash my armpits and do a quick wash up, you know, all those kind of things. So, you know, on some level, I, you know, we're all a bit conscious about our scent, our smell and how that impacts us and the people around us. So thank you for taking this journey with me today. Um, remember this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other suicide prevention hotline numbers. You can chat, um, text or call. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.